hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Philip Golfi and Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. Another Saturday morning here, and welcome all aboard as we will spend the next hour talking about real estate, and in particular, a real estate here in Hamilton and Burlington, Niagara, the surrounding area. We'll mix in some GTA talk as well. Millennials and boomers playing a big part in the changing real estate market. That's one of our topics today. We'll also talk about uh, mistakes that people make with real estate investments. And does a real estate agent have to tell you... That a home is haunted. Ooh, I know Halloween has passed us by, but we'll get into that as well. (laughs) If you have a question for the Golfie team, the email address to send that question or a topic idea is questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. Go online to robgolfie.com, a host of great information on the website, listings as well, some awesome videos. That's robgolfie.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Like them on Facebook. Facebook, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, we'll begin the day with talking about uh, Robert Golfie. Not here again. <laughs> this guy is a globetrotter. Yeah, he took off. He's off in, uh, in California right now. He's going to a Rascal Flats concert with uh, Gary Lavox. Gary Lavox invited him down and he gets to go hang out with him. You know, he's got the backstage VIP access, nice. so something that he couldn't pass up, so he's just down there for the weekend. So he's going to hang around with the groupies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's something. I don't even know if he's a big Rascal Flats fan. Right. But, uh, but hey, if you get he's, invited. Uh, yeah, he's one of our endorsers on uh, on another radio station that-, that We won't he, mention. He, <laughs> that he has, and uh, so they've become, you know, they become, you know, acquaintances and, and now pretty good friends, so- Nice. He's uh he's he's down in California enjoying enjoying the concert. Yeah. So they're still putting on pretty big shows. The Rascal Flats feels really? like they've been out, been around forever. Oh yeah, a couple couple big hits. Great so, band. Yeah. So he's uh, California. I mean Nashville, Cuba recently. Yeah, you guys went to Portugal a while ago. Up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's he's all over the place. He likes his little two day three day trips, right? Where he yeah. could just you know fly in somewhere, get, get away. in and yeah, get in and out, and because uh, it's hard in real estate, you know it's hard to be away for seven days or, oh, yeah. or a lengthy period of time. It's just, you know, there's so much going on. You got to, you know, there's so many clients that you got to cater to that mm-hmm. if you're away for that long, it's, 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 uh, it's hard, but you know, for two and three days, it's, it's easy to do. Yeah. Um, our top, uh, topic today is uh, transparency in the real estate's, uh, bidding process. Uh, Orea, the Ontario Real Estate Association, out with um, um, some uh, ideas about transparency. Before we get into some of what Orea is saying, maybe we'll go through the steps of what actually happens now when a home goes up for sale and there's a couple of uh, interested buyers. What what happens in this regard? Yeah. So in the event that if there is a, a multiple offer situation, meaning that more than more than one person putting a bid on, on the property to purchase it, there's often a a offer time that's set. Or, or or a presentation time. So during this presentation time, the the listing agent will present all the offers, whether it's two, three, or four, or or however many, mm-hmm. to the the seller. Home seller, right? right. Now 
those purchasers, the purchasers do not know what each other's offers are. So often what happens is, is you know, the listing agent will come to the seller and say, hey, you know, here's four offers. They'll go through each offer and lay them out. Sometimes they'll, they'll send the offers back, meaning that they'll give um, the purchasers another, another chance to bring in a better offer if they're closed. Okay. Sometimes they'll just accept the best offer right there. Right. But it's often, you know, the listing agent's job and, and, and advising the seller in terms of what the best offer is. And it always doesn't come down to price. Sometimes there's conditions. Sometimes hmm. there's, but it's it's putting them in a, in a good position to sell moving forward. And and through that process, the purchasers do not know what the other offer is. They would only find out what the best offer was when it's sold, right? right? Okay. Based on the price. So if there is a home that's up for sale for, let's just say, you know, half a million dollars, <clears throat> there's two competing bids. Uh, both parties have sent in their bids, and uh, th- they are close. Maybe one's five ten, maybe mm-hmm. one's five fifteen. Uh, the home seller is thinking eh, maybe I can get a little more out of them. Maybe they don't like the conditions, mm-hmm. so they can send both bids back and say, "Hey, can you can you make it a little sweeter?" Yeah. So so they can do a couple things. They can either send both of them back and say, "Hey, the offers are really close. If you guys are willing to come up, you know, you can do that." Right. right. Yep. Meaning that that that. You know, it gives it gives somebody another chance to to increase or improve their offer, or what they can do is they can say, "Hey, listen, you know, there's we like everything that this offer entails. We like, you know, we don't mind the conditions that are in it, or maybe it's firm. Um, perhaps you know it's the right price, but you just need the closing day. So you can right. call that agent and say, "Hey, listen, we're willing to work with your offer, but we need the closing date to be changed to X, Y, and Z. Right. Or, or hey, we're willing to work with your offer. There's another offer that has a higher price." That we're interested in, but we like your conditions better. We would prefer to work with your offer based on your conditions. Mm-hmm. But can you come up to this price? So, so it's working with the offers that you have within, you know, and 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 making sure that you're putting your seller in a good position. Um, and and that's a different example when when there's only two. Sometimes there's been occasions when there's five, six, seven, right? And and even you know you've seen you've seen examples in the news of there being over thirty. So, um, it gets you, you know you get in a position where where you're just trying to put your seller in the best position moving forward based yeah. on the offers that you have. So in that scenario, half a million dollar home, two potential home buyers, they both submitted bids. Those bids have both gone back to those uh, two individuals or two parties. Uh, so they don't necessarily know what the other person is bidding. And when they have been told that, hey, can you make it a little bit sweeter? They don't really know how much they should go exactly. up by, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. They, they, you will not know and you're not supposed to know what the other offers are. Yeah. And there's actually rules and, and regulations that prevent that from happening. Um, you're not even supposed to know who the other agents are in terms of of you know the, the, the offering agents. Right. But if you do have an offer from your own team or your own brokerage, we often tell them and say, hey, listen, there's one of our own offers just to be transparent and, right. and, and pass that along sense. that information. Yeah. So in this uh, scenario that Aria is proposing, what would the difference be? Is it simply all the offers are on the table and everyone can see what everyone is offering? Yeah. So this would basically be a Barrett-Jackson, you know, auto show or yeah. auto uh, auction, right? <laughs> where, where, yeah, exactly. So, so in my opinion, I think this is more beneficial for the buyer than is than it is the seller. Okay. If 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 I was a seller, I would want it the exact same way as it is right now, right? I I wouldn't want other people to know what the other bidding offers were. We've seen occasions where where there's three offers, you know, bring an example, $500,000 house, mm-hmm. there's three offers, we would get an offer at 475, 480 and then 550. Yeah. Right? So that person at 550 is 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 way over the next competing offer. They don't know that, but as a seller, 
that's what I would want, mm-hmm. right? If that person at 550 knows that the next competing offer is 480, well, they're going to go 481 or 482. Right. You know, I'm in the position where I want to try and maximize my asset, exhaust every penny out of it yeah. so so I can move on financially. And and now that th- because they don't know those offers, now they're coming in at 550, that's a benefit to me mm-hmm. and, and the seller. And that's, and that's the position we're in as a real estate agent. You know, our position is to get the most amount of money for our seller. That's 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 why they hire us. Yeah. You know, their their main question is when we sit down with them is how much is my home worth and do you think you can get that number? Right. Right. So here's a scenario. So do you think this open, transparent, you know, everything on the table idea would lead to homes being overvalued, i.e., uh, you know, I uh, in this closed kind of bidding process, I think my home is worth half a million. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get that on an open kind of market. I'm going to list it at 525 because at least they'll come a little bit closer to that. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I mean, let's go back to, to what the market is, right? It's it's something, it's what a willing buyer is, is going to pay right. for your home. And if, if you put up a house on the market and it doesn't sell, well, you got, you're going to have to come down in price because yeah. it's not, you know, there's not a willing buyer out there to pay for that pay for that or pay that number. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to an open bidding process, sometimes there's a willing buyer that's willing to pay X amount of dollars more than somebody else, right? right? So so say, you know, we were talking off here, say you have a budget of, or, or say you look at a house and, and maybe this house has a little bit more sentimental value to you. Maybe it's the street you grew up on, or mm-hmm. maybe it's closer to your parents, or maybe it's, you know, you want to keep your kids in the same school, or you always wanted to live on the street and you're going to pay, you know, 800000 for it. You'll pay up to 800000 for it. But if the next person, you know, in the bidding war or in the bidding process when it's open is only going to pay 750,000. Well, if the bid stops at 751, that homeowner is losing out on on that, you know, possible funds in terms of right. selling. So, um I I get I get where where people are are upset with it, especially buyers. It's a very stressful situation for a buyer mm-hmm. when you're in a position and there's another offer that comes in on a property while you're while you're you're purchasing it or you're trying to purchase it. Um, we were just in this situation, you know, this this week I had a buyer that that we were going on, you know, we put in a bid on on a property in Stony Creek and it was listed at 3899 um and and I put the you know, I registered my offer and during that time there's two other offers that came in. Right. Now, so my 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 buyer says to me he said, "Phil, like what do we do?" And he really wanted the house, right? He he he's in a position where you know he doesn't like his living situation right now. He needs to move, mm-hmm. um, and and he's putting the pressure. He goes, Phil, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it, right? So now you have this pressure of of, of a purchaser that saying, hey, what's it going to take to get? And and I could have said, you know, well, let's go over asking. Right. So. Instead, what what the purchasing or what the winning offer was was we went full price and we still had a condition of finance, mm-hmm. right? So that just shows you in terms of you know back in the spring you would have needed to go you know twenty or thirty thousand dollars over asking, yeah. firm offer, and 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 th- that way you lose all your protection and and you know you're kind of um, you're you're putting your sell- your purchaser in a bad bad position. So it just shows you that that it doesn't take going over asking or, or, you know, going firm to win yeah. a, to win a bidding war. But with that being said, we don't know what those other offers were. They could have been 350, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. could have been 340, 340, 350, and then we're at 390, right? right? But because so, of his motivation. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and that's what it is. It's, it's what's your motivation and how bad do you want the house? So, yeah. um, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. I think there's arguments on both sides. I think that, I think that the way it is now, 
there's there's areas of concern that that bring up these conversations yeah. and and result in things like this but if i was a seller there's no way i would want an open bidding war or yeah. an open bidding process we got 30 seconds here just uh, quickly what's the timeline right now in th- in the current process in terms of when the home goes up to sale or goes up for sale and how long people have to bid on it and would it change in a transparent or more transparent uh, market. Yeah, every situation is different. It depends okay. on 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 what you're trying to do, right? Some people will hold offers for just the weekend. For example, the house will go up Thursday, and then they'll hold offers until Monday night. Yeah. Other other situations, people will hold offers for a week to ten days, um, and and draw that process out. But every situation is different. Okay. When we come back, uh, Toronto real estate readies for another boom. What does that mean for the city of Hamilton? That's coming up, and a whole lot more still to come on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. In studio today with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. They're online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Like them on Facebook, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea for a future program, email us questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, does a real estate agent have to tell you if a home is haunted? We also have a story of an Ontario man howling at his neighbor's (laughs) home. (laughs) This happened in Norfolk County. And uh, we'll also talk about millennials and boomers changing the real estate market. In our first segment, if you missed it, we talked about uh, transparency in the real estate bidding process. One further question to that, um, because right now it's a closed process. When you bid on a home, you don't know what the other bidders are bidding. In an open, uh, transparent process, if this does does come to be, should the next bid be a certain uh, dollar figure above the previous bid? I.e., you can't bid a dollar more or a uh, hundred thousand dollars more. It's got to be I don't know ten grand or yeah, whatever the case is. I I'm not sure how that's going to work. Like right now, I think you just try and get a next bid, right? That's yeah. kind of the way the auction works, right? If if nobody is going to go, you know, a thousand dollars more, then you drop it to five hundred to see if somebody would go five hundred yeah. more, right? So so maybe they 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 offer it ten thousand, then if nobody you know bites on the ten thousand, you go five thousand. So it all depends. But sometimes you might see it go you know up incrementally by fifty thousand or sixty thousand, right. where where somebody's just like you know you know if it starts at six hundred, somebody's right off the bat just 800 you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and just maybe try and scare everybody away and you but think there would be like a countdown clock or yeah, something like I, it's <laughs> you know what it's, it could get pretty crazy the way i think of it it's like you know the storage wars kind yeah, of tv totally. show you're yeah. just kind of standing in front of it and <laughs> and uh you know everybody's just you know raising their hand or yeah. or but i don't know how how they would do it it's it's interesting to see what the process would be, right? It would almost have to be like you'd have to gather everybody into a, into a space yeah. and say, okay, here's the house. We're bidding on this today. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Yeah. 
And I, I don't think you can do it on email or the phone because, no. it, uh, you know, you lose that kind of real-time aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, even it, it doesn't just come down to price, right? So sure, sure, you might bid a, a, a price, but, you know, what are your what conditions? Are conditions? Yeah. You know, you're going to read your whole offer out every single, every time it's your <laughs> exactly. turn to bid, right? So yeah. it's, not, it's not just the price. It, it, you know, every agreement of purchase and sale is so unique and right. so different, right? It's, you know, sometimes people want the home theater system with all the speakers or, yeah. or sometimes the people washer want, and dryer yeah, the, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes people will say, you know what, we want, we want the basement finished or, right. you know, we've seen, we've seen, we've seen it all, right? So it's, it's, that's, it's not a fast process. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a lengthy process. You have to wait. You have to go through every every offer with uh, in, in detail and make sure that you, you're not missing anything. It doesn't always come down to the highest price. Yeah. If you think realtors had to vote on something like this, if there was a you know real estate agent referendum on this idea, do you think it would pass? No, I don't. I think it would, I think people would keep it the same. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. I think it's 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 much more. It's easier to manage the transaction mm-hmm. and understand the the details within the offer, right? And and it's it's a time where you, you really have to focus and go through each offer in detail. And there's so many, whether it's a clause or a term that can be written in a certain way and making sure that you understand the confinities of that yeah. term or that clause and making sure that you're not putting your seller in a position of, of volatility in terms of how the offer is going to play out, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you're, you're reading a legal contract. It's not a bidding, you know, it's, yeah. you can't, you can't, it's <laughs> not, yeah, it's, it's so different. It's so different. Well, I'll say this, if there is an update to this story, we'll certainly include it on a future Hamilton real estate show and uh, update our listeners on that. Um, Toronto real estate readies for another boom. This is according to a uh, realtor in Toronto, Remax realtor that is, that is basically pointing to Toronto's condo market, saying that this is going to be the, um, uh, I guess, the new genesis for uh, a boom in Tor- in Toronto, um, because condos are selling for you know fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred dollars per square foot, uh, some as low as twelve hundred in some areas. Um, so if there's going to be another boom in Toronto, what does that mean for Hamilton? Are we going to see more <laughs> GTA buyers priced out of that market and then coming back here again? Absolutely. 100%. Right. 100%. Um, how much higher can it go? Well, right. Cause yeah. we, we, we saw even, even the little correction that we experienced, it wasn't, wasn't a correction in the condo market, the condo, the condo market, you know, has continued to go up in value, continued to rise mm-hmm. even in, 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 um, both purchase price and unit sales, it's, it's continues to, to rise even in comparison to the spring market of last year. So if there's going to be another boom, you know, where, what's the ceiling, where's it going to end up? Right. We, we've seen the, the single family detached houses, which is, you know, the luxury market. We've seen that house or, or that, that statistic correct itself and come down both in unit sales and average sale price, but the condo market hasn't been affected. So if this is, you know, if he's predicting another boom, you know, when and and what's mm-hmm. what's the ceiling? I don't think it's going to be another boom. I don't think you're going to see another spike. I think there's a ton of inventory. Um, there's still a you know you you drive into Toronto. There's still you know you can look around and see 25 to 30 cranes in yeah. the air of new new developments going up. Um, they're already you know there's developments all the way into 2025, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're that they're talking. So about. the you supply can, is going to be yeah there. the supply is going to be there, but you know how it's just it's just how how high is it going to go right and. If you compare it to some, you know, some of the national markets, you look at New York City and you look at London, and you're going to say, well, you know, those look at those ones, right? That's what those were. That's what people are paying down there. You know, can we see Toronto getting to that point? Yeah. Right? Hmm. It's 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 scary to th- scary to think, but anything that happens in Toronto is going to have a ripple effect on Hamilton, and, and as soon as our people mover strategies and and you know 
as soon as you can get to downtown Toronto much quicker, um, that's where the big salaries are. That's where a lot of the corporate jobs are. That's where a lot of people go to work every single day. And if they can go from Hamilton to Toronto mm-hmm. with ease and quick and, you know, in, in a, in a manageable time then yeah. then that's going to affect our, our sale prices and and continue continue to drive our prices up as well uh, another big factor in uh, not only driving up prices but uh, scooping up a lot of these condos is our next topic millennials and boomers changing the real estate market uh, and it's interesting because and i'm sure you went through this when you were looking for your uh, uh you know place to live is that millennials and boomers are Bidding on the same yeah, spaces. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. So millennials and baby boomers are shopping for the exact same style. So what of are you guys right looking now. for? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say I would say something that's low maintenance. Yeah. Uh, something that's affordable, um, and something that allows you to to continue to live a lifestyle that you want to live. Whether it's traveling, whether it's you know entertainment, mm-hmm. restaurants, dining. Um, and continue to, to, to live a manageable life at home. Um, that's what you know. That's what the millennial wants. That's what the baby boomer wants. They're they're, they're looking to do the same things. They're looking to travel. They're looking to to um, you know play with their money. Right, it's, right. it's 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 very similar. So um, we're seeing you know the big the big two stories. You know three thousand square foot pluses yep. struggle on the market right now because it's not something that that the millennials looking for, right? They're not looking for that 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 big, massive four mm-hmm. or five bedroom house. And other boomers aren't looking for and that either. And the boomers aren't looking for that either. So so we've seen that those those purchase prices get, you know, hammered, hammered yeah. immensely. And we've seen that's what we've seen in the condo market and the townhouse market. It continues to go up because of boomers and, and millennials yeah. shopping for the same style property. So those, you know, 2,500, 3,000 square feet uh, homes that boomers are moving out of and millennials are not interested in, is that market solely targeted now at the Generation X, those kind of 30 to 45? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some millennials that will hop on them and, and say, you know what, I can either buy, you know, we'll use round numbers, I can buy a townhouse for 550000 or 600000 mm-hmm. or I can get a, you know, a four-bedroom, 2,600 square foot house for... 800 right? right it's it's there where, where they're drawing that comparison they're saying you know what it's not that much more but there's the difference in living spaces is we get so much incremental yeah. so exactly so um we, we we've seen a couple of those occasions but what happens is when you buy those big houses if you want to if you want to renovate if you want to paint if you want to you know your roof if you want to it's such a bigger job when mm-hmm. it comes to repairing the house or, or upkeeping the house. Right. Right. And that's what people look at. Um, you know, it's, yeah, for sure. It's a nice house, but when, when it's time to do the roof, you're spending, you know, 5,000 to $10,000, yeah. right? Like, and it's, it's something that's becoming unattractive, right? It's, it's maintenance costs have, have gone up so high and, um, and people don't want to maintain their property anymore. There's a lot of people that, that we talk to that live in a big house and, and maybe they're empty nesters and they're just say, you know, I'm, I'm done. You know, there's, we only use three of the rooms in the mm-hmm. house and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and they got to clean the whole yeah, thing and they got to yeah. clean. So it's, it just becomes so unattractive. Yeah. But when it comes time to sell the number that, that we present them or the number that they're looking to get, they struggle with. Mm-hmm. So, so in the end they say, you know what, we, we should just stay here because it's financially, we, that's not where we want to end up. And, and, you know, it, it kind of, it's, isn't the purpose of, of what we're looking for. So, Sometimes the, the best position is just to, to sit and stay. Are, are those are, are the number of those types of homes created an oversaturation in in that particular style of home or that that price point? Yeah, in a way, I think um, I think I think if you do have a house that's that's it has to be done up, 
right? Yeah. There's and then there's some people that are 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 looking to for some for for to to work, but we often see that that in comparison to the ones you know, there's a no brainer in comparison to the ones that are done up. Um, the modern finishes and, and yeah. everything like that, those go quickly. But if it's a big two-story house that needs a lot of work, right? It, it's you know, it's there's some hesitation yeah, on the part of the buyer. Big, exactly, yeah. exactly. So millennials versus boomers, who's winning that war right now? <laughs> the boomers, the boomers, <laughs> because for sure. they, they got the, the purchasing cash. power. Yeah, yeah. But but sometimes you'll see, you know, you know, there's that statistic there that I think it's like 75 percent of millennials or first-time home buyers get help from their parents, which is a a, a large number. Sometimes you'll see yeah. the the millennial get backed by the. Uh, the purchasing power of their parent. So it's just boomers competing with boomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, on to our next topic. Um, we just had Halloween uh, passes by, and uh, I saw a couple of stories about uh, real estate agents uh, being forced or uh, in, in some U.S. states uh, by law having to disclose that the home is, quote unquote, haunted. So here in Ontario, um, what is the case? Do do realtors have to say uh, there is some kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, extraterrestrial or uh, hidden inhabitant <laughs> that, uh, that is haunting these uh, hallowed halls? Um, it's hard because it's a matter of perspective, right? Okay. If, if it's stigmatized, it's, it's, you know, it depends on if you think it, it's, it's a judgment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, it's 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 a very gray area. It's a very uh, a subject that's that's you know a little bit eerie and hard right. to deal with. Yeah. Um, but if there was, say, there was a crime there, uh, or um, uh, you know, someone took their life there, uh, do you have to disclose that? Is one hundred percent really? Yeah, one hundred percent. If if um, if somebody died in the home, one hundred percent, you have to disclose okay. it. Um, Even by natural causes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and and I would I would um, just to be safe. Um, so is that one of the questions you ask the person who's selling the home? Hey, has anyone died in this yeah, home so, so that often, you know of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So often you'll see an estate sale. So, you know, the seller will be right, the okay. estate of such and such. Um, and, and that's when you know, you know, if, there, if it's an estate sale, it's, you know, the, 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 the executor. Yeah, the executor taking over the estate. And then often you'll ask, you know, was there was there a death in the home? And and, um, and then you go and, and you go and ask, right? Um but sometimes people aren't bothered by that, mm. right? Sometimes mm-hmm. people will be very bothered by that. So it all depends on on the purchaser. Right. If that's important to them, um, they would ask the real estate agent, say, "Hey, listen, is is has there been a death in the home?" And then that it's the real estate's the real estate agent's due diligence to go find out if there has or not. But it's 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 you know it it's what's important to you. Do you care if there's been a crime in the home? Do you mm-hmm. care if there's mm-hmm. been a death in the home? Some people don't, right. right? But if you do, then yeah, definitely ask those questions right. and. And uh, the the selling agents and the selling representatives would have to tell you and, and make sure that that they're being honest and disclosing all the necessary uh, involvements within the property. So it would be no different than uh, perhaps a grow up. The grow up, yeah, the grow up is a little bit different because it's not necessarily due to the stigma. It's due. To, it's a, you know, it's due to what's going to happen with the with the structure, right? Right. Um, and then and then. You know, if it's been busted as a grow up, you know, m- maybe somebody knows about it. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't want to live in a house after, but but the grow ups to do with the structure as well. You know, right. n- necess- You know, if there's a natural death, it's you, there's nothing to do with the structure yeah. of the house, right? So, <laughs> right. Um, but I think I think if you're a seller and, and you want to kind of be careful and, and make sure that that you're having an honest sale, mm-hmm. um, 
I think if there's any any gray area, whether you should disclose it or not, you should always disclose it. Yeah. Right. Uh, or uh, even ask your realtor and right. say, hey, you know, this happened. Do we have to disclose it? And hopefully your your you know your real estate agent acts in your best interest and, yeah. and is honest with you and says, you know, whether it's a yes or no, it's it's their decision. I would gather that a haunting is a little harder to prove, though. Yes. You know? Like, hey, this house is haunted. Okay, well, how? And, you know, what's going on? Yeah. Like, we, I haven't come across anything like that. Um, some people are all about the spirits and, and you know, right into that. Mm-hmm. And, While and, others don't believe. And then and it wouldn't bother yeah, them. Yeah. And, 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 you know, somebody might come out and say it's haunted, but if they're, you know, suffering from schizophrenia, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> who it's, knows? Yeah. Right. Like who, who, who's going to prove it or who's going to, yeah. you know, how do you really know? It would be impossible to prove, I would think. I mean, unless you got, <laughs> um, I don't know, a, a reputable house haunted uh, yeah, person. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult situation that, that, um, you know, there's some houses that you walk through and it feels heavy and dark. <laughs> Right, it's right. just kind of the setup of the house, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's haunted. But it's. I'll, I'll end the segment on a, a quick story. So, <clears throat> there in my house, and I've been in there since '04, and it was built in the '50s. Uh, we had a few years ago where uh, there were some instances where we thought, okay, something strange is happening. So, uh, you know, a lamp in our bedroom would be on and, you know, everyone's denying that they would turn it on. Uh, my closet, you know, all the pants were, you know, ushered to one side at one point And I, you know, swore to everyone that, you know, I didn't do it. Uh, my uh, nightstand drawer was open and I don't remember ever opening it. The, the, the clincher, though, was our screen door, which you can only lock from the inside, was locked after I left for work one day. My wife was thinking, how did you lock this green door and I and I said well I didn't lock it but it was locked so we ended up calling a company I don't even remember what they were uh, called and they went through the place just to see if there was anything you know uh, wrong with it in terms of uh, you know the afterlife and they said no it's it's fine we have detected uh, a guy by the name of Angelo we think who is uh, you know in this one corner of the house uh, and we think he's you know making wine and stuff like that so we thought okay that's fine and on it went and nothing's ever happened since so who knows crazy eh? yeah yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, nothing has ever happened, but uh, we thought the story was interesting, to say the <laughs> least. So Angelo lives in our house, and we don't know him. Uh, when we return, uh, five big mistakes people make with real estate investments, and we'll talk about an Ontario man who howled at his neighbors. That and more coming up on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin and Philip Golfie. He's a sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. And like the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes. Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcast. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, anything real estate related, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions 
at robgolfie.com. Still to come, an Ontario man howling at his neighbors. Uh, a dog or dogs were involved in this story. Uh, but five big mistakes people make with real estate investments. I'm sure there's more than five, uh, but we have five for you. Critical mistakes that people make. Uh, number one, this one makes total sense to me. <laughs> Having no plan equals a bad plan. It's, so, like, our, it's like our radio show. When we come in here with no plan, it That never like- happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the show is always great. <laughs> but having but, no plan is not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So obviously have a plan, have an idea, have a framework, have a structure in terms of what you're looking to do, what you want to achieve. Um, don't just, you know, one day wake up and say, hey, you know, I have some cash or, or you know, let's put it in, in real estate. <laughs> Go buy a real estate. You know, yeah. have a have a short-term plan, have a long-term plan and, and have, a, have an idea in terms of where you want to end up and, mm-hmm. and what do you want it to turn into. So what would be an example of a good plan? Hey, I have, uh, you know, X amount of dollars. Uh, I'm looking to get into the real estate market. Uh, should I go commercial or should I stay with a home and maybe rent it out? Is that kind of like the, the, the uh, genesis of the idea? Yeah, like it's assessing the what what your strengths are right if you want to become a landlord um if you want to become um if you want to flip it um if you want to flip and refinance and then um and then hold it right um if you if you have a, a commercial opportunity that that um you you do have somebody that's willing to to be a tenant for you commercial gets a little bit harder especially mm. for um for investors that are, are getting right into real estate right. you, you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend commercial often re- requires a lot more capital when it comes to a f- the financing side right and to find a, a tenant for commercial depending on the style of property is is usually pretty difficult um to do but if you're if you're j- let's you know let's let's talk about a basic investor you know somebody buying their very first investment property you know, do you have the contacts? Who's going to do what work? Mm-hmm. How much money do you have? Um, if this, if, if, you know, what's your plan B is, is basically, you know, break, you know, get a plan and get a plan B and, right. and, and making sure that the framework is, is something that you're going to follow and, and, uh, and, and address throughout the process. How hard is it to establish when you're working out this plan, the return on investment? And obviously that's asking questions of people who have already gone through down this route exactly so if it's your first time it's 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 hard to do right so somebody will come to me and say you know oh, that bathroom is going to cost me 30 grand and i'll look at them i go no no it won't you know you can do that bathroom for for five thousand mm-hmm. dollars right and and some people's numbers are a little bit out of out of sorts just right. because they haven't done it before so so it's knowing you know when you look at a floor or or knowing the cost of labor and as well as the cost of material and being able to add them up right and it's not you know you'll see some people think that they can do a kitchen for five hundred bucks or you'll see somebody that <laughs> be quite the kitchen. yeah and you can see somebody that that thinks every kitchen's 25 to 50 grand when right. it, when it's not right yeah. um but it's it's making sure that the, the the numbers are correct it's very hard to do if it's your first time right mm-hmm. and then as you as you 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 continue to do it you get more and more savvy you understand you know where to find deals and how to how to do you know different techniques and in, in terms of saving money because in the end you're not building a house for yourself. You're not renovating a house for yourself. Right. You're, 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 you know, stick to your plan, which is it's a, it's an investment. Um, and when you're investing, it's, you don't do, you don't do certain things that you would have done for yourself. You're, you're making sure that you're putting a, the house in a position that's going to make you the most amount of money while still being a, a suitable property for somebody to live in and purchase. Right. Uh, five big mistakes people make with real estate investments. Uh, number two, being a lone wolf. Yeah. We've said this before on the show. Use 
your you develop a good support team find a good realtor find a good tra- contractor if if you're not very handy yourself and even if you are it's it's important to make sure that you you contract the work that you're not good at right mm-hmm. because if you know anybody in anybody can paint it's not hard to paint a wall yep. or paint a room but if it's not painted correctly, if it doesn't look good, it's going to... It's going to stand gonna, up. Yeah, it's, exactly. Number three, dodging due diligence. Yeah, do your due diligence. Often I say you make your purchase or or when you're when you're investing in real estate, you make your money on the buy, right? So it's making sure that you you find the right house for you and and you get it for a price that's 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 a good price. You don't want to overpay on a on a on a real estate investment, especially in the short term. Right. Uh, number four, fluffing the financials. <laughs> <laughs> Um, make sure you know what to add. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. It's, it goes back to the same thing. It's, it's, you want to make sure that you're adding up everything that includes carrying costs, that includes taxes, that includes insurance, all the little, um, all the little, you know, little numbers that, that add up. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't just look at the cost that it's going to cost you, but the carrying costs and the finance costs yeah. and, and everything associated. Uh, 30 seconds. Reaction over reason. Yeah. So just remember, take your heart out of it. This house isn't for you. If you're, right. especially, you know, if you're flipping a house, it's not for you. It's, it's, it's an investment. And sometimes people will do, will do stuff that, that because they fall in love with the house, that they're, they're, it, you got to take your, your, your emotions out of it. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that this is just an investment. You're not going to do stuff like the, the gas fireplace with right. the stone or, or, you know, the, the engineered hardwood floors. You might do it if it's, an, you know, a luxury flip, but I'm talking about the more basic stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to do that stuff if it's a flip. Good tips on uh, five big mistakes people make with real estate investments when we return. Uh, well, an interesting story in Norfolk County regarding a man who was howling, not at the moon, but at his neighbor's <laughs> dogs and his neighbor in particular. That's coming up next here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Philip Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfi team. Call them anytime at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. RobGolfi.com is the website. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. At Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like the Rob Golfi Facebook page and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download. Your favorite podcast. Have a topic idea for a future program or even a question for the Golfie team? Email us. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. <sighs> I sigh because this is, uh, you know, one of those bad neighbor stories that we've been talking about for, well, since the show began. I think that was one of the first topics we talked this about. This is awesome. Bad neighbors. This is hilarious. So, so this is Norfolk County. OPP were actually called in because of a noise uh, issue, I guess, at this uh, uh, these, these two homes. So here's the story. Police say they had um, to issue noise <laughs> warnings after a Norfolk County man went to a nearby home in the middle of the night. It was actually between 2 and 2.30 in the morning. And howled and barked to protest his neighbor's barking dogs. Uh, OPP say officers went to deal with the dispute at around 8 a.m. on Saturday in Simcoe. Uh, and uh, police say the 41-year-old man went to his neighbor's house between 2 and 2.30 in the morning where he barked and howled. They say he was fed up with his neighbor's dogs barking at all hours of the day. So 
a couple things. <laughs> I want to know a couple of things. Yeah, how serious he got into this into this bar. How like, is there is there audio of this? Was he on a fence? <laughs> like, was he on all fours with a <laughs> with a dog collar on? Maybe a couple of treats on the floor and just yeah. howling in his in, in his in his house. Like, or did he have a megaphone? Yeah, like what, and he was just going at it. <laughs> and then it's just it's just what a, what a story, what a protest. Yeah, eh? Well, like, good for him. Well, in a sense, yes. <laughs> P- police say the man's barking and howling outside his neighbor's window. So I mean, he went right up to the guy's house, made the dogs inside that house bark excessively. So <laughs> because they, you know, basically these dogs uh, apparently allegedly had been barking, uh, you know, all day every day. Um, and, and this neighbor has been fed up and yeah. to the point where in the middle of the night, he went up to his neighbor's window and started barking and howling to get the dogs so, inside the house all riled up. So do you do you have a dog? I have a dog. Actually, in my house, I have three dogs. Really? Two are my mother-in-law's and one is mine. And how are they? Are they are they loud? Are they yappy? They're only yappy when someone knocks on the door. Right. So like we don't even not, have a doorbell not a, because the doorbell is the dogs. Right, yeah. right. So- if this person has such a problem with these dogs, yeah. what is what's the homeowner saying, right? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. this this guy lives well, maybe in the, the homeowner house. is so used to the dogs just going off all the time, maybe he that doesn't he, notice. It's just he's just immune just to part the of, sound. It's the white noise. So that's, that's that's what I'm saying is is you know some people have yappy dogs. It's a part of it, yeah, right? Yeah. But what if you're a homeowner with a yappy dog? <laughs> like what are you thinking too? Right. Like eventually you just gotta you, either you're gonna train your dog to to be quiet. Yeah. And if it's actually disturbing other people, that's in a separate house, a yeah. detached, you know, you know, forty feet away. Yes, and it's bothering them. Doesn't it have to be bothering <laughs> you within your own home? I would think. Yeah, but so maybe this person isn't. It's. Uh, I don't know. I live in a condo. Yeah, and uh, and I, I won't even get into it. But I don't even know why people have have dogs. Like I see these, you know, eighty pound dogs in, in, in my condo. condo. There's not a there's you know there's not a condo in my. My building more than a thousand square feet, wow. maybe twelve hundred square feet. And I'm looking at this dog rolling out of this condo. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> there's not much space for anybody else in that condo other wow. than that, other than that dog. So I won't even get into that. But you walk by the door, and all you just hear is this dog yapping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like you kind of shuffle by and and go along with your along with your day. Yeah, but y- you would have to think that these two individuals involved in this story in in, in Simcoe. Would have at some point had a discussion about this there, person's there has to dogs. be a backstory. Yeah, and so <laughs> maybe maybe the one person who was howling told his neighbor that you know listen you know shut your dogs up or else I'm gonna do something. Yeah. Did uh, did this guy get a radio interview? Did not, anybody not call that him we up? Know of. No. 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 Uh, yeah, I'd be hesitant to put him on the air. (laughs) 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 Who knows what might transpire. (laughs) But long story short, so the OPP went there and uh, didn't arrest either of them, obviously, but they were warned about contravening the Norfolk County noise bylaw. I guess the the person with the dogs and the, uh, the guy who was barking. It's an amazing story. A big no-no. It's pretty, it's, it's, uh, that's probably one of the all-time best bad neighbor or noise complaint stories that that made this story made it national yeah like it it was uh and i think there's i heard a couple stories a couple people having a lot of fun with it and (laughs) and, uh you can only imagine what what uh people turn this into those dogs must have been really noisy yeah and he just and who knows how long it's been going on for i mean this could be years in the making and you know this guy you gotta think you gotta think that there's there's a lot of people out there that are putting up with their neighbor's dogs that that cannot stand them 
right? right? And it's it's people trying to enjoy the you know their backyard, or, or you yeah. got to think about the dog that walks by every day and goes to the washroom on its on its front lawn. Yep. Like there's a lot of dog <laughs> stories out there, but I think this one tops it. That's I why I like one, cats. Yeah, <laughs> cats just mind their own business and they don't care about you. Uh, we got to run, Phil. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we're back next Saturday at nine with the Hamilton Real Estate Show right here on 900 CHML.